Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're listening to music from a subset of games in the Final Fantasy series. All of these games take place in the fictional kingdom of Ivalice. Yeah, you guys love your Final Fantasy music, especially when it comes to our lovely patrons. This is another Patreon-suggested topic that comes to us from Brandon. And yes, like Will said, it's kind of a sub-series within Final Fantasy. There's a series of games that take place, apparently, uh, in Ivalice, according to Brandon. And so the four titles that we're going to be featuring music from today are Final Fantasy Tactics, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and then technically Advance 2, because there's some redone music from that, and then Final Fantasy XII. And for me personally, Final Fantasy XII is going to be the most exciting thing that we that we focus on at the very end of the episode. I'm really looking forward to that. That music is particularly outstanding. I hope you guys enjoy Hitoshi Sakimoto because we are going to get a whole heaping helping of Sakimoto today. Well, and that's what's going to be so fun about today's episode is we've played music from the tactics games um, just in our episode on Sakimoto yeah. and just talking about in the some PS1 of the PS1 episode, yeah. Yeah, and there's so much great music from the sort of ancillary titles in this series. So I think this would just be a fun episode that we would be curious doing, even if it wasn't suggested. But what's interesting about focusing on sort of the lore behind the games Mm -hmm. is there probably wouldn't be another episode where we would focus on all of these specific titles. Maybe we wouldn't really know (laughs) that they're connected. Tactics games or what (laughs) have you. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool that they're connected. And it makes sense because Sakimoto was the lead composer on all of these titles. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention is the director of all of these titles, which which is also the person who created, I guess, this kingdom, Yasumi Matsuno. And so Matsuno and Sakimoto, I imagine, had a really good working relationship over the years. One thing that's going to be a bit of a challenge, I imagine, for you and me today, Will, is trying not to focus so much on the sounds that we're hearing. What we're dealing with today is going to be sequenced orchestral music from 97 to really 2007. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge to get past that. So hopefully we can listen for the music. And then ending our episode today, we are going to be treated to some wonderful real orchestral recording versions from Zodiac Age, uh, that particular version of Final Fantasy XII. So look forward to that. What do you think, Will? Should we just dive in? I'm really excited. I, I could definitely go for some good Final Fantasy music today. Awesome. Well, we're starting with tactics, and what you guys heard playing in was a perfect plan. That was Desert Land from Final Fantasy Tactics. So Brandon had kind of a master whittle list for all these titles, and then I went through and did an additional round of whittling. We're playing five tracks today from Tactics, and this score was primarily composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Let's move on to the next piece we're going to play today. It's called Trisection. Let's take a listen.
outstanding, exciting piece of music. And if you enjoy that kind of music, you're in for a treat today. We have a lot of excitement today. This is Trisection, composed by Sakimoto from Final Fantasy Tactics, which was a, a change of pace for the series because it hadn't the series hadn't really seen a game like this uh, when it came out in 97. It's a tactical role-playing game. And you can tell that it's a change of pace based on Sakimoto's music. The tone of it, the sound of it, uh, definitely very fresh and new for the series. And I love the imagination that he had with this title. I think when we listen to Tactics, yes, you hear this kind of late 90s fake sequenced orchestral sound wet with reverb. And there's, you know, some some kind of eye rolling that you could have when you listen to that. But to me, when I listen to Tactics, the music really just shines. It really comes up to the surface and you really appreciate uh, his writing and his sense of imagination. This is really good. Yes, I completely agree about the sense of imagination. I also think, uh, you know, we're far enough past that point in time that it's almost like you can have a sort of nostalgia or fondness yeah, for you can. Th- this type of music. It makes me think of something like Wing Commander 3. Uh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? That just sort of the sort of general MIDI orchestra. The one thing I'll say about it is the sounds are cheesy but a lot of times especially in video games in this era when we get this type of fake orchestral music it's so bombastic and exciting compositions that that's what makes it charming you know this isn't boring kind of stock orchestral music this is really exciting imaginative good writing and so i think that's that's what makes it feel yeah, charming it's great writing my, my, i think my favorite moment is that moment where you have sort of the pedal point of that bass staying on the same pitch in those planing chords moving upwards chromatically yeah that creates this feeling of these really extended harmonies almost like the sound of an augmented major seventh chord but then that triad will move up and it's it's really it's a cool sound um the the one thing that i noticed about the music for this game it has a militaristic quality which i think really works for this tactical rpg but much more so than you know other games in the final fantasy series i mean uematsu has composed so much great battle music over the decades Mm -hmm. but something like this has a decidedly like 20th century military connotation part of it could be the sound of the snare drums but i even think the types of rhythms the way the orchestras use the use of the tubular bell on some of the hits it has this driving rhythm military espionage almost it's exciting i mean i would say sakimoto one of the things he's the most gifted at is action music and there's a lot of action music on today's episode let's move on to something very different actually this is called hero's theme which is kind of a tragic piece of music that I imagine um, is the theme of the main protagonist in this game from Final Fantasy Tactics. Let's all take a listen to Hero's Theme. guys are listening to the gorgeous heroes theme and i have a lot to say about this it's a beautiful piece of music and it's beautiful even if you think about the whole series because it ties together 
Uematsu's sound and, and compositional style, what we've heard before, and something new. It actually could fit in previous Final Fantasy games, um, but it's great to, to hear it in tactics. It's very sad, very beautiful. Um, this is a piece that, similar to what we were, you know, we were talking about before, you just can't help but be moved by the power of the composition. And it doesn't really matter that you're hearing it with these fake harp sounds and these fake orchestral sounds. It's such a beautiful piece. It's classic. As soon as this played, it was very reminiscent to us of uh, old episodes we did when we yeah. played this. I can't remember if it was on the Sakimoto episode or an old Final Fantasy episode, but yeah, we've played this before. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. There's a lot that I love about this. And it does evoke the feeling of Uematsu's music because it's so harmonically interesting in each moment as the melody proceeds. You know, there are these interesting juxtapositions with the harmony. But also like Uematsu, it's a bit quirky. Um, yeah, it's, it's very the, the music is structured and feels satisfying melodically, but it also sort of goes to unexpected places. It's not the type of melody that simply proceeds through sequence, or it's not the kind of melody where when you hear the first five seconds, you know where it's going, which there's something about that that is so Final Fantasy because it's a part of Uematsu's language, these really beautiful, heartfelt melodies that are harmonized in a beautiful, almost quasi-classical or romantic way, but there's something um, atypical about them. One of the reasons i say that is because where this theme ultimately goes yeah that sort of dorian modal gesture that feels very typical of this kind of music that we've heard before in games yet the way that this particular composition gets to that moment and how it starts and some of the chromatic little twists and turns it it gives it a very unique character i love i agree well what i'm excited for is we're moving from that to this and this is a i guess if you can considered heroes theme a character theme uh that's what i'm not sure but this is clearly a character theme it's called ovelia's theme what i love is that sakimoto is really establishing his own style how he does character themes and you can really hear some of the earmarks of his style in this it's really well done let's take a listen to ovelia's theme Wonderful melodies. This is Ovelia's theme. Wonderful writing. This is composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto from Final Fantasy Tactics. And I'm so excited 
that we're starting off the episode focusing on this wonderful title and then closing out the episode with a favorite uh, of mine. I would say that Tactics and then Final Fantasy XII were the, the titles that really wowed me just when going through Brandon's um, already, you know, whittled down picks. Um, I was just particularly moved by both of these scores. I was very familiar with Tactics, where, whereas 12 I wasn't as familiar, but man, what a strong character theme this is. Yeah, and the sound of this music, just implementation-wise, makes me think of a lot of television music from the late 90s and the early 2000s mm. shows like the west wing and 24 yeah that is very stuff true that, I, I mean i think some stuff of that, that didn't necessarily sound much sound. much better than this but yeah <laughs> i mean that was dealing with the uh yeah you know i mean that kind of using orchestral samples in a produced context hadn't been happening successfully i think for very long so the, the, and also just the richness of writing you know, yeah. um, writing in kind Very of a emotional. more a big orchestral palette with these limited samples gives me an older TV vibe to it too. I, I, there's something interesting about the way that this theme is um, orchestrated because I mean, there, you can talk about the primitive sounds, but Sakamoto is writing for the orchestral families as though it's for a real ensemble. For That's instance, that true. melody, he has kind of this doubling of the oboe and flutes, but then also an octave below the clarinets. But the way that the piece is arranged and composed really in intricately. And then once you yeah. get into that B section, that clarinet takes over with this sort of alto line, this counter melody underneath the sort of soaring strings and the interaction between all the parts, how they're arranged. It's something that I feel like would, would actually sound really nice with real instruments. Well, I, and it's, I'm it's a little pretty sad idiomatic that writing. That doesn't exist. We've said before, but 12 has this version with a real orchestra, which which is great. But I'm kind of sad that they never did that for Tactics because this music really, really warrants that. All right, one more track from Tactics before we touch on some of the other games in this Ivalice series. This is really exciting. It's Battle on the Bridge. Incredibly cinematic, incredibly exciting. This is Battle on the Bridge from Final Fantasy Tactics, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. If I was going to show someone one track from Tactics, it would be this one. It's my favorite from the score. It's really exciting. It captures Sakimoto's style 
and just the energy that he brings, at least to the score. I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, it's it's really vibrant and dynamic writing. Again, the yeah. use of pedal point, that yum bum 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 bum, but all these shifting harmonies above it. Uh, it's it's a great technique. I mean, the yeah, the use of a pedal bass line is really effective and mm-hmm. happens all the time in film and media music because of that juxtaposition that. That static bass note is something that can actually give form and gives it a sense of kind of like through line for the composition. Yet also, it's just this great technique to get harmonic complexity through the use of two simple ideas. So if you're having this chord progression, even if the progression isn't that complex, by maintaining that same pedal note, which again, nothing could be more simple than just repeating one note, you put them together uh, in the same way that like polytonality, having two keys juxtaposed with each other automatically makes complexity. Or we've talked about it before where having a really simple diatonic melody that doesn't necessarily agree with the chord progression Mm -hmm. is a great way to have complexity born from simplicity but through juxtaposition it's there's something about that phenomenon whenever it exists in music that i think to a lot of us excites our imagination because it uh it reflects things in the world it reflects it's almost like two characters butting heads this person has a will and this person has a will and so they're in conflict with each other yeah and i think particularly in action music or anything that's supposed to evoke tension. uh, It's just that type of principle, whether in pedal point or or any compositional tool that uses that, you know, diametrically opposed ideas. It can be really effective. Well, let's move on to the next title we're going to focus on today. It's called Vagrant Story. And Brandon was mentioning that in some ways, this is kind of the odd man out when it comes to today's episode, because I don't think technically speaking, Vagrant Story is considered a Final Fantasy game. However, there's some through lines apparently with tactics and this game. I don't know the details. However, it is again composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. We're going to play three tracks uh, from this score. In the third one, uh, if memory serves, is actually one piece that they were able to get orchestrated. And so we're going to play a taste of that. So that's exciting. Let's start off with something kind of spooky. This some uh, kind of reminds me of either Halloween music or I don't know, something kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas in vibe. So let's look forward to that. This is Undercity from Vagrant Story.
You guys are listening to Undercity from Vagrant Story, and like I said, I don't know the details. I do know this was composed by Sakimoto. There's some sort of spiritual successor to Tactics, maybe, but yeah, technically speaking, I don't think it's part of the Final Fantasy series, but it makes sense for today's episode, at least, and this was another game that came out first for the PS1. Uh, this is very different type of music than we usually feature on the podcast. I can't think of um, a lot of other music like this. It's really effective and it's really creepy, really good background music. But you know what I mean, Will? I can't. This isn't like the typical type of music we play every week. Yeah, it's very chromatic um, in the sense that that the main gesture being that sort of celeste arpeggiated chord yeah. that's moving up and down a half step. But also some of those scales that we're hearing are whole tone scale runs, which the whole tone scale, I believe we've talked about it before, but it's a very, very mysterious creepy. sounding scale because it's made out of tones that are specifically only a whole step apart. So it's inherently a chromatic scale. If, if you were to think of the key keys on the piano it would be something like c d e f sharp g sharp a sharp and then back to c so it's very ambiguous because it doesn't contain um any kind of major triad in it you lose your footing when you're listening to whole tone scale music for sure yeah that's the whole intention open-ended and it and it has the tritone as kind of as opposed to the the perfect fifth but so this isn't it's not entirely just a whole tone composition right it's very very chromatic a lot of it has to do with this wandering and you you don't necessarily have this sense of stasis or home base i think it sort of implies a key because of that that main triad at the beginning is implying something um but yeah it's very mysterious it also evokes horror cliches having something light and childlike like the chalice that we associate with um whimsy or innocence or dreams you know something like dance of the sugar plum but something's Fairy. twisted with it yeah yeah and that's a cliche and i think horror music of juxtaposing a childlike idea with something more unsettling uh but again it's like that juxtaposition is just so effective there's almost nothing scarier it's like all the horror movies that have like a a little girl and that's supposed to be a frightening (laughs) image but there is actually something terrifying if you think about like the ring or something that doesn't belong you know and that's kind of what you're doing with this music there's some quality to it that doesn't fit with what you would expect. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next piece. This one is is more reminiscent of the kind of music we heard from him in Tactics. Very militaristic, that kind of marching style snare drum. Really exciting music. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's I-F-R-I-T. I'll just say Ifrit for today. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Ifrit. Uh, this is from Vagrant Story, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Now, I had an experience when listening to all of the Vagrant Story tracks uh, that Brandon picked, um, where, for me, it was the most challenging experience out of listening to any of this music, where, in some ways, the sounds were holding the compositions back. That was part of it. It was also maybe a little bit of exha- exhaustion of, of hearing one composer's style over and over and over again. A little bit of that was happening to me. Uh, and so we're definitely going to fight through that today. We have a good variety, I will say, today. We don't just have... If all we had was this kind of militaristic style music, I do think it would get a little cumbersome. So I'm glad we have tracks to, to spice it up. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, this was, a, this was a score that didn't necessarily resonate so much with me. And I don't really know why that is, but it, that's just my experience that I had. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with the, the tracks that we've played so far from Vagrant Story. I don't think the the themes are not super present. They're not very melodic, at least in these tracks we're it's playing. It's a very different they, game from what I were heard. in Tactics. Uh, but also, I, I think the writing sounds a little bit less inspired. You know, we talked about the orchestration with Avelia's theme, um, and I even think, like, some of the battle music that we heard. To me, the orchestration and the musical choices felt a bit more inspired. We're here... Some of this sounds a little bit... I don't want to assume anything, not to say that it was rushed, but it, it feels a little bit more like it was, um, you know, made quickly in yeah, I don't a know. sort of functional capacity. I don't capacity. know if it was, but yeah, definitely that was my experience too, listening to it. Uh, I don't want to say that it's stock, but it was closer to sounding a little more stock than Tactics was, at least for me. Uh, but in any case, the last track we're going to play from Vagrant Story, I'm really excited about this one because this one was great. This is the staff role. And um, if memory serves, and I hope I'm not wrong in, in remembering it, I believe this one uh, was real recorded orchestral music. And we're just going to do an edit uh, because the staff roll is actually very long. And so if you want to listen to the whole thing, definitely do so. It's the staff roll from Vagrant Story. Here we go. Very nice. Sakimoto is surely bringing it on this staff roll theme. I can tell he's having a lot of fun with this piece. 
This is from Vagrant Story, and it's not surprising that when you hear Sakimoto's music performed by a real orchestra, it really brings it to life. It brings it alive. And so part of that is what's happening. But I do think that there, there's a different experience when you know you're writing and potentially orchestrating for a real ensemble. There's just something different that, that can't help but infect you when, you when you're working on the music. And so I'm hearing here a level of excitement uh, that I might not have heard in some of the other Vagrant tracks. But well, I, I also it. think he's, he's saving his best themes for this piece that's going to be in front of a, a real orchestra. Uh, the melody of this track does a great job of that kind of juxtaposition we were talking about. It's almost a bugle core-esque theme mm. using a lot of these open intervals, which is a very militaristic, very heroic. Yes. yes. Uh, but it goes against some of these shifting chords, so you get some great contrast and tension in those There's moments. some William Z harmonies in the brass that I hear that kind of reminds me of Temple of Doom at times it's really good really charming music and it's not the last time today when we're, we might hear some Williams influence yes we do want to mention that uh, one of the themes that we heard in this was uh, kind of a reiteration of apparently the main theme of Vagrant Story and so it was cool that we got a taste of that um, but man it really is hard uh, to go from something like this to that late 90s sequence sound it, it, it something like this surely spoils you yeah, and I mean, it, it, lyrical writing for sure. I, I really love when the strings take over that melody and, you know, Beautiful. You horns and stuff doing that kind of rhythmic motor. It's very glorious and gallant and soaring. It's really <laughs> it pretty. is glorious. Behold the glory of Hitoshi Sakimoto. Okay, this is cool. This is the one lone track on our playlist today that was composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And it is from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. This is the main theme. Uh, now, what you're about to hear does not sound as terrible and compressed as you might expect a GBA track to sound. And so this happens once in a while. This happened with our Mother 3 episode where this must be some sort of uncompressed version of this theme in any case it was written for this gba game final fantasy tactics advance it's the main theme by uematsu here we go So good. God, Uematsu's great. You guys are listening to the main theme from Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. I guess some sort of more 
uncompressed version. And if you want to listen to the actual like game rip version of the GBA, it's exactly what you think it would sound like. It's very charming and it's trying so hard to be, <laughs> to be an orchestral piece of music. But you have those PSG instruments, you have, you know, just those couple of sample channels. But this is a really charming piece of music. It's gorgeous. Uh, and I have this theory that like uh, throughout the decades, like the older Uematsu gets, the more kind of like Zen master composer he becomes. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. And I particularly love whenever he comes in to just do a, a limited number of music or to just compose some of the themes. I feel like it's always so stellar, the work that yeah. he does. And, um, and I can't speak to how much he contributed to the score. I know he contributed this main theme, but it was primarily composed, as we'll hear, by Sakimoto. But in any case, them well, the working cool together thing, it, is it a great thing. It sounds like Final Fantasy Tactics. Like That's the, true, it's yeah. It's definitely, um, and I imagine he was involved at, it, I don't know if he was a sound director or, you know, music consultant on the at first At the very Tactics least, he games. was aware of it. <laughs> but yeah, he's very... Um, able and I to imagine write a fan. in that style and I think it, it it definitely it just sounds like it were this in the original uh, Final Fantasy Tactics it might be one of the greatest themes of that game it's, mm-hmm. it's just a stellar piece of music but it's completely within that language that uh, is I a really cool love, point I, there's something really charming about ambitious GBA music that it's going <laughs> for something soaring and has this lyrical yeah. B section with the strings and you just know that it's kind of like fighting such an uphill battle Yeah. Uh, but it also it's what we love about old video game music it encourages you imagination, to use your imagination right? and yep. it doesn't feel limited even though it very certainly is That's true. Well, we're going to keep going with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance music. It's a great score, and we have, it looks like, four more pieces. Now, we should technically say that from here on out, though. uh, These four are from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2, which apparently reused some of that music, but it was a DS release. And so, whew, we're going to avoid some of that GBA compression on these next four. That's good to hear. Okay, this is again composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Let's take a listen to Putting Words Together. beautiful stuff you guys are listening to putting words together a really nice change of pace on this episode and it's really great uh to hear what i imagine on the onset was a piece of midi performed piano music uh, by sakimoto and then obviously putting that through the the ds or the gba originally um but it is wonderful to hear that that kind of rubato performance um and yeah sometimes when you have solo piano music that is virtual 
similar to what we experienced maybe with the heroes theme, you really do just kind of get whisked away by the beauty of the melodies and maybe in this piece by the really surprising chord movement and modulations and sense of imagination in general that Sakimoto has. But yeah, this, this is a nice piece. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I love the playing. I love the voicing of a lot of harmonies landing on these surprising chords that are voiced in fourths or fifths. Uh, it's It has this really sort of modern sound without getting too yeah. spicy or jazzy. Uh, it's very dreamlike. And it's just, it's very Japanese. I mean, it sounds like so much music, whether it's in anime or video games or film music. There's yeah. a... There's a specific kind of caliber of writing, I'd say, but also a kind of harmonic language, a type of tendency to the rhythms of a melody, the kinds of pitches that are accented, something we've talked a lot about. But I imagine, honestly, um, it's the kind of thing that you could just hear listening to it. You know, it it has a an emotional quality that's very specific to a lot of composers of Japan. And it's something that I find so fascinating. And I think anytime any of us, you know, non-Japanese composers that can kind of study um, a lot of this music and incorporate some of these gestures, it's great ways to keep your music feeling fresh. And uh, totally, because there's a sort of thing that I feel like has happened um, at, it, with the kind of progression or some people might think of like the evolution of tonal harmony. Um, and there've been so many experiments that have happened, you know, different composers over the years and over the decades. Uh, but something that I just find so continually inspiring and revivifying by listening to Japanese video game music is the sense that it, it just feels like the, the music is able to be pure without feeling like insultingly simple and the music can be harmonically complex without being like kind of dense and overly intellectualized there's all these balances happening balance is just so important are in so much confidence just a freedom of writing in a totally fluid you truly hear confidence with all of sakimoto's music that's for sure now i'm excited to move on to this this sweet piece of music, sweet yet exciting, which I think can can describe a lot of Sakimoto's music, at least today. This is called Green Wind from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance.
You guys are listening to Green Wind, and this is DS music that we're hearing here from Tactics Advance 2, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, originally composed for Tactics Advanced. And so I imagine Sakimoto was glad when the sequel came out because working with, uh, you know, many layers of DS samples is so much more preferred than working with the GBA. This actually sounds quite similar to maybe the quality of music he was able to do for the PS1 with Tactics. Uh, this sounds nice. I think it sounds nicer. Uh, it's frankly. clearer. I mean, it's more clear. Clear is something a little more charming too. Yeah, and I, I don't think disagree. Also, you know, several years later, uh, it sounds like things like reverb, and uh, I don't know to what degree that stuff is. I don't really know a lot about the technicals of writing on the DS, how music gets <laughs> compressed and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot less muddy. Um, yeah. And so honestly, I think it's aesthetically preferable. Uh, but the writing is so great. Again, you have, a, I'm just so reminded of that era because there were a lot of militaristic TV, American TV shows like 24 and the West Wing that use this kind of, uh, kind of Copelandy, but slightly more militaristic sense of harmony. Very there are a American lot of those beautiful sounds. slash chords, yeah. um, and this kind of orchestral writing. I, I think something like this has almost a Gaelic quality. It's much more active mm. and lively. But um, Carl, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the show The West Wing, but yeah. I feel like yeah, definitely the, familiar uh, with it. The main theme, especially, kind of has this light almost i don't know orchestral whimsy there's a playfulness to it yeah and and again a lot of that tv scoring of that era there's an excitement there's a cuteness and emotional quality that that may have fallen out of favor uh you know years past that so yes really cool to hear that let's move on we have two more from tactics advanced two today this one is called companions that surpassed their tribe You guys listening to Companions That Surpassed Their Tribe. Technically, this is from Tactics Advanced 2. Uh, the subtitle is 
Grimoire of the Rift, uh, and it's composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. And similar to the, the first Tactics advanced track we heard, this could be more uncompressed quality than you would hear if you actually played this on the DS. In any case, um, it's really nice that Sakimoto for this series isn't having to water down or dumb down the music based on what he established uh, on the PS1. I mean, I think these games might be a little bit cuter games, these kind of handheld tactics games, but in any case, the music, I think, is just firing on the same level. Yeah, I think the um, music's actually more interesting. Um, it almost... And by interesting, I mean it's almost more cartoonish. It's lighter. It is. It's more whimsical. Uh, where the 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 it might be more of that I would <laughs> say of both the first and Vagrant story was that it had this heavy-handed sort of cliched quality to it. Where this is just so interesting um, as a piece of music. It's like I, I hear a lot more going on from some of the same influences maybe but yeah harmonically much more interesting there's this blend of sort of whimsy the the emotions here there's so much more like if i were just to describe in adjectives all of the feelings moment to moment to me there's much more happening where the pieces before as great as they were not to yeah. say they were static emotionally but it just sounded like battle music it was mm -hmm. militaristic action intense music where something like this communicates more more subtlety of emotion but it's also a phenomenon that happens you know uh oftentimes animated films can get away with having much richer old-fashioned orchestral scores in the way that you know like a modern thriller action adventure movie might not always warrant or well, it just funny doesn't end up happening clearly there are two different musical styles and there are plenty of people that would prefer the former i think we might be unique in that we prefer <laughs> prefer the latter. So it's just different tastes at the end of the day. Now we have one more today. You know, this also reminds me of Star Fox. Uh, there's something about this reminds me mm. of Hajime Wakai and the orchestral writing makes me think a little bit of the arrangements from Star Fox Assault. Cool. I can totally hear that. Well, we have one more today uh, from this game and this one just feels, for whatever reason, very classic to me <laughs> for a VGM. This is Signpost. charming you guys are listening to signpost i really like this track it's from tactics advance technically tactics advance 2 of course composed by sakimoto and i just love his his particular use of harmony and even his melodic writing there's a quirkiness that kind of reminds me of uematsu but 
you know, Sakimoto makes it his own. Yes, it is a classic feeling piece of video game music, and I will say I love the sounds here, at least of this Tactics Advance 2 uh, on the DS. Very clear, um, one thing that happened in the late 90s with sequenced video game music is they tried to hide how fake it sounded with a lot of reverb. And if you listen to Tactics, that's what you're hearing. And for me, it makes it muddy, and it actually makes it harder to even hear uh, what's happening in the arrangement? Where what I I love about how cl- uh, I love how clean this sounds. Totally, yeah. Uh, it's so modal. Um, the it's so modal. You know, it, it, there's that great quality of the Dorian mode, but also moments that start to feel a little Mixolydian. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I there's something really charming about this piece of music. I love the voicings of the chords. There's certain moments yeah, where you too. expect it to land on a type of triad, and it'll land on Surprising this sort of suspended chords. chord where it's a little bit more ambiguous. Uh, it's, Very tasteful. It, it definitely, yeah, it's kind of like melodically and gesturally, I guess, more so than the specific melody, but this type of idea, it has a, you know, Final Fantasy, Zelda, kind of almost medieval, more expected video game sound to it, yet the yeah. way it's actually implemented in the way it's actually arranged, the actual specifics of the melody and the chords um, have... Sakamoto's um, indelible well, thumbprint. And if them. I'm not mistaken, um, there is kind of a medieval theme uh, that this kingdom has in these games. And so, yeah, that type of music makes total sense. Okay, guys, I'm really excited for this. The last game on our episode is Final Fantasy twelve. And to me, this is kind of what I've really been waiting for today. We have six total tracks to discuss. That includes the play out here. Um, And it's just outstanding. Um, Brandon made the really wise choice of going for the Zodiac Age version of this music, which was a remastered version uh, that came out years later that finally featured real orchestration. And what a treat that is. I can only imagine how big of a smile was on Sakimoto's face when they were recording that stuff. So, okay, let's dive in. The first track we're going to play from 12 today is called Streets of Rabanastre. listening to Streets of Rabanastre. This is from Final Fantasy XII. It's the Zodiac Age version. It's composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. 
And I gotta say that Sakimoto's tastes, when it comes to harmony, and particularly on these pieces from 12, I just gotta give the chef's kiss mwah, to him. Yeah. Uh, it's just so <laughs> tasteful and unique while also feeling reminiscent of yes. great well, film music it's that funny. we've heard before. Yes, it's great to hear the real playing and the great orchestration, but my comments on this are exactly the same as my comments yes. for signposts from <laughs> Tactics A2. It's like the same right. blend of the types of gestures that you almost would expect from this sort of Gaelic medieval video game sound, yet slightly mm-hmm. more detail. Some of these really yeah. interesting nuance, extended chords. Uh, th- there's a type of chord construction that um, I think of it. I mean, maybe it's you're technically it's some sort of 13 chord or whatever, but it's sort of the sound of like if you imagine uh, a C triad over F or yeah, like a for B sure. flat triad over E flat where yeah. you have the fourth in the bass. Um, and yeah, there, you could say it's an extended of... chord, but it's not really because you're implying different tones, and you're also kind of leaving out other tones, too. And so right. it's a more complicated sound. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of that in terms of the harmony, certain these little moments here or there that give it a very dreamy, rich, extended harmony. Uh, but it's actually not uncommon in the language of other Japanese game composers. I mean, one of my yeah. favorite moments in Link to the Past, when you have that ya-da-da-da, ya-da-da-da, in the theme of mm. the falling rain kind of yeah. intro, it's that same type of thing where I think there's like B-flat major 7 over E-flat and like that kind yeah. of it, very extended sound. It's a pretty um, sound. It's very pretty pleasing. and it's like it, it, it feels modern or at least like at the time modern. Like there's something about it that uh, it, it's like it's rich in a symphonic way, but it's not, you know, 19th century. At the end of the day, what we should say is the music that we're playing today from 12, Sakimoto's music, really hits us and I think is just up our alley probably more than uh, a lot of the other music. Not to say that we didn't enjoy some of the other music, but something really came together in a special way on his work on 12 well, it's this I balance feel like his of... voice comes out a little bit more specifically where some of the music yeah. that maybe we weren't as enthused about just it, it it was very functional and it was doing the aesthetic of the game on the nose but what's interesting about this is there's so much detail that i feel like is uh other composers wouldn't do and that's what's well, yeah, exciting and, and is also when you can think... hear one composer's voice coming through well, and also I think the balance that he landed on of like, I don't want to say sweetness versus complexity, but that that general balance, uh, I think, is just very special in the music of, of his, his music from 12. Okay, let's move on to a character theme. Um, and it's, I think, really only the second of the day. Uh, and so this is a nice change of pace. It's, how would you pronounce this? Penelo? Is that, does that sound right to you, Will? It looks right. Penelo's theme from 12. Thank you. 
You guys listening to Penelo's theme, that's how I'm pronouncing it, from Final Fantasy XII. This music, like all but one track today, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. And I didn't mention this, but Brandon mentioned that this game, 12, is kind of the most Star Wars-esque of the Final Fantasy games. And we are going to hear even more of that Williams influence um, in the tracks to come. But uh, yeah, it's just really great writing. This is a really strong character theme. I think it has that balance I was talking about. I don't know if I want to commit to being, you know, the spectrum of cute versus complex. But in any case, it has a really interesting balance. And I yeah, think it's a much. really well done character theme. Yeah, uh, this music is so interesting harmonically in terms of yeah. it's these subtle moments of rather than teeing up these big key changes, it's kind of just the ambiguity that comes from as the theme Little progresses. Little borrowed chords. Yeah, or just like one note is a C sharp here and next it's a C natural. And there's a lot of that kind or of... a quick flat six yeah, seven. Yeah, redefining. Move. But yeah, it's a great mixture because the opening of this, that sort of A theme is a very simple um, kind of video game progression, the bum, 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 bum type of thing. Yeah. And you get a little splash of the flat six and seven, yet that sort of secondary section where it goes, um, he stretches kind of implies out there, other key he? regions. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting writing happening here. And that, that that's sort of a sequence that takes you on like a circle of fists and yeah da 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 yeah yeah da 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 that that type of gesture that it feels inevitable and satisfying, but again it's not really contained within one specific key. Well and yet again it's just such a sweet piece of music. And Will overall like the emotion that is conveyed in this track does actually remind me of some of your orchestral music. So I don't know if you felt some sort of That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I that. definitely hear a lot of things in here that I I love to do um, mm-hmm. in my own writing, but I think a lot of that also comes from you know a love of kind of like Broadway songwriting um, that that kind of fluid thing where uh, you kind of imply several different keys with the chords and the B section can kind of take you on this sequence. But yeah. uh, to me, the fun thing about that is like in a video game context is how can you make it loop. And how can you get to this place where, because not to say that it's easy to key change, but um, it's not necessarily difficult to bound from one place to another, but it's you very it difficult to justify <laughs> that in a way where returning you have back, to get back home feels normal. Yes. Very, very much puzzle pieces, which can sometimes be challenging. Well, we've waited long enough, guys. It's finally time to move on to this week's track of the week. Oh boy, we are in for a treat. Now, this is a very long piece of music, and so we're going to try to play as much as we can today. It's called the Dalmasca Ester Sand, and it is so good. And yes, we're going to hear some Williams influence, I think, on this one. It's composed by Sakimoto. Let's check it out. Thank you. 
absolutely outstanding. You guys are listening to this week's track of the week. It's the Dalmasca Ester Sand from 12 and composed by Sakimoto. For me, it's my favorite Sakimoto piece I think I've ever heard. I think it is a culmination of so many things that he effortlessly has combined over the years. Hearing it with this real orchestra is such a treat. This music deserves to be performed. It's just meticulously composed, arranged, orchestrated, so imaginative. Yes, it's sweet, but is it ever exciting? I love this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, there's so much dazzling writing happening here. Uh, the, some of those overwhelming moves that feel spacey, you know, the kind of tritone relationship or the something that um, I've heard described as the chromatic mediant sort of modulation. Oh, but yeah. It's that sort of... That Williamsy uh, sound. Yeah, of chords that are related by some sort of third relation, but not within a key. Um, so that that's the stuff that feels maybe Williamsy, but yet the overall orchestration is much lighter. It's more, not necessarily comic, but very accessible and straightforward. There's another thing that this piece does amazingly that reminds me of, of Williams, where he'll have a section... First of all, it's incredibly limber and... I don't want to say busy, but it's just there's so much happening. But you'll have this moment that's maybe a little more action-packed and chromatic, and then everything will resolve into this gorgeous lyrical theme for about 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. And when he does that, it feels, like, inspired by Williams in a way. Yeah. Well, and it, this actually, it reminds me more of someone like Bruce Broughton. Um, because I could it's hear kind that. Because doing all yeah. of this stuff. It's it's light. It's limber. It has great orchestral writing and arranging, um, beautiful melodies. But, it, it like, the thing about Williams is a lot of people like to say, oh, this sounds like Williams. The thing, he just has such a signature sound that it's, like, he's kind of unmistakable. Unless you're someone like Gordy Hobb, who's yeah, doing it, like, deliberate. Yeah, it doesn't actually sound like John Williams, but it's, like, inspired by some yeah, of the same cut things from the that Williams likes the, to do. Yeah, rich orchestral tradition. It's um, good. It's good yeah, music. It's fantastic writing. I love the some of the florid string runs, and oh. I love just, yeah... I, that again just a really whimsical and unique voice that Sakimoto has I mean that's a track of the week that that is if you want to know what a track of the week sounds like yeah it sounds like that really really good okay let's move on to another very exciting piece of music this is Rebellion <laughs> That is bombastic. You guys are listening to Rebellion. 
from Final Fantasy XII. And yeah, the track is called Rebellion. So as soon as I started listening to it for the first time, I was wondering, oh, well, this one may sound Williamsy, and oh boy, it, it definitely does. I, I feel like he, he might even be specifically um, going for some of those Williams techniques in this one, whereas the last one, I feel like it was more of this kind of broad influence. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really good action music. Really bombastic. Yeah, <laughs> this is so fun and delightful. Definitely hearing some Star Warsian gestures, but again, yep. Sakimoto, his writing is all his own. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You might there might be little moments here and there, little flourishes, but the way that he all ties it together, it's kind of unmistakable Sakimoto. And again, it's such a treat. It goes without saying that for any composer, it would be a treat to have their music performed by an orchestra. But I got to say, Sakimoto, his music comes alive um, with with this type of uh, performance. It really yearns for that um, in a similar way that it's like you don't want to hear the score to episode one in a late 90s drenched with reverb sequenced orchestra sound. You don't want that. You want to hear it performed the way that it that really it deserves and so i'm glad we're ending our episode with that well and you know this score sounds like occasionally they're doubling things with virtual instruments yeah i think they are maybe they just recorded strings for this track uh, let's say so sometimes there's that mixture of uh vsts and stuff Um, but it's definitely such a completely different sound than what we had on the playstation one it's so true. All right, guys, the last track we're going to discuss, and again, also stick around for the playout, which is very good. Uh, this track is, I guess I would say, Eruit Village. I always am challenged with pronunciation on Final Fantasy episodes, but anyway, it's a really beautiful and slightly tragic village theme from Final Fantasy XII. Here we go. guys are listening to Eruit Village, and um, the, the thing that I was listening for most this time uh, was the use of meter. I mean, I, I need to listen to it a couple more times to really get it. I know that there was a, like a measure of 11, and then maybe there was a, it might be like going from 11 to 12, something like that. In any case, I think it's a really tasteful use of differing meters in order to have a little bit of 
tension. You know, there, there's a sadness and a tension that I feel, and it might be an emotional tension uh, that I feel that that this particular theme is evoking. It's very beautiful, and it's kind of a fitting last track. Uh, you know, to kind of wrap up our time today in the kingdom of Ivelisse. Will, what are your thoughts on on this whole episode? This has been such a fun episode and sort of an unexpected spotlight on Hitoshi Sakimoto, one of our favorites, uh, a composer who's known for writing video game orchestral music, quite a lot of it, frankly, in that sort of sequenced style. So I think he's someone who... You know, it, it takes a little more conscious effort to appreciate his musical offerings as opposed to composers who have often been fortunate enough to work with live orchestras. Not to say he hasn't had the opportunity. I mean, what we're listening to now is so dazzling. But I always am just so grateful for those composers who back in the 80s and 90s and, you know, were we're advocating for kind of a richer imaginative orchestral language within Mm. the very limited musical grammar of what games were capable of achieving. And I think all of us that grew up in that era are grateful for people like Uematsu and Koji Kondo. And, you know, I, I, video games are so much richer for having gone there, you know, with the early days of final fantasy, the early days of Zelda, part of the, what I think makes you feel like a hero is that the music (laughs) sounds like it's going for the bombast of something like John Williams, even if it was just the real three eight bit synthesizers. Yeah. Especially the scores that had the luxury of having it uh, performed by an orchestra is the real deal. I mean, this, this is music that is composed really in a finely crafted and, and, and finely tuned way. It's it's not... Well, and the thing is, it's more beautiful. It's more melodic. It's more rich than a lot of than the American average film, film music. music. Yeah. It's Especially definitely cut above the, the rest. the last, you know, 20 to 30 years. I mean, it'd be yeah. rare to get something like this in a movie. And I, and I think part of that is because of aesthetics and tastes and um, the composers that have been in vogue for recent decades. But uh-huh. that's the thing that I think makes so many of these voices so special is that in uh, what's so great about why I love writing music for the orchestra is when you write music for the orchestra, the form is understood. Like the instruments are what they are. And yes, you know, there, there haven't been that many innovations to the orchestra yeah, by and in, large yeah. in a long time i mean other than there have been innovations in the ways that orchestras have been recorded and you know you think of the sort of zimmer hollywood style of recording and you know producing the orchestra almost like pop music but in uh, general having that set of limitations is helpful yeah, but I think. yeah when you write for this ensemble i i think it's it's a great prism with which to view your own musical language your own right. kind of sensibilities and values and you can also kind of stand in the league of great master composers who've written for this form and so it's really which exciting. Sakimoto definitely does um, so yeah I will say I had a better time than I even thought I was going to today I want to thank our wonderful loyal listener and patron Brandon uh, so much uh, for his support and all of our patrons thank you so much all of our listeners we love you guys we're going to play you out with again a very sweet yet at times complex piece it's on the riverbank from final fantasy 12 i really enjoyed a lot of this music and i will say that i want to dive in even deeper to final fantasy 12 zodiac age because i really think it's outstanding will anything else you got at the end 
Yeah, we're excited. Next week, we'll be having another Favorites with Friends yes. episode. Yes, uh, a long a very overdue long overdue. That, yeah. yeah, with <laughs> one of our, our really good friends, um, uh, an incredible musician, Travis Anderson. Look forward so, to that. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for that. I think that's about it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy this play out on the riverbank. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.